everyone. Welcome back to <laughs> Bra is a Murder. I'm one yeah, of your you, hosts. You don't talk when you adjust your microphone. I didn't adjust my microphone. It's been in the I same place. I heard you move it. I didn't move anyway, it. Anyway, I didn't move it. To Bra is Bullshit. a Murder. Uh, I am Andre Matthews. Uh, my mic is secure and I'm not bumping around. You know what? It was my phone. I put the phone down on the table because you told me to start using my phone for Google Docs. And you said it'd be easier. But now it's making noise and this is your fault. Just saying. Can you hear that? What is it? My computer my computer notifications? No, I can't hear it now. Alright, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys this is our like it just pinged and i was like oh god <laughs> okay guys this is our third attempt on this <laughs> this case and uh we're hoping to get this one right uh we changed uh we changed up and we're using a different software for remote recording this time and we're hoping it works we, we out lied good. ringer fucking sucks <laughs> Oh my, it was good at first. Like, it really legitimately was. It was perfect at first. And then, and then just I started getting all these technical down. issues. It was like, it was like if you had a piece of cake and then the piece of cake got wet and then just starts dissolving apart. Yeah, that's kind of like what happened. Okay. So, <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> that, that analogy just really upset me for some reason. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> Well, a piece of cake's amazing, and then when it gets like, w- like really wet, it gets soggy and like starts falling apart. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't know what about no. it. It's just like something like a chill down my spine. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, what have I been up to? Yeah. Well, today I bought a a uh, hundred and thirty dollar weighted blanket. <laughs> Why? It was it was a complete accident actually. So I wanted to buy a throw blanket, you know, like. It was like a fuzzy blanket to have. It was like 30 bucks. So I, like, I pre-ordered it on a Best Buy website to go pick it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there and they were like, oh, we don't have that. We have to like, we have a different color to get a different color. I was like, oh yeah, no, nah, I don't give a shit. I'm not picky. <laughs> and then we walked by the uh, weighted blanket. I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, it's a weighted blanket. Like, you know, it's like 15 pounds. It makes you feel like you're being hugged while you're sleeping. And I was like, oh, cool. How much is that? I think I wanted. And she was like, 130 bucks. And you ever get one of those situations where like you you don't you feel embarrassed if you say no, so you just yeah. kind of say yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was like, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'll take it. Yeah, sure, whatever. And in my head, I was like, I'm just gonna buy it and then take it back tomorrow with the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too, and I never bring it back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I took it home. I was like, well, I could might as well just like try land it and see how it feels. And I draped it over myself, and it feels like fucking heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not returning it. <laughs> Dude, I, they, that's kind of like one of those things for the dogs that you put on the dogs when there's a thunderstorm. It like it feels like someone's it hugging makes them. them. Yeah, it, it, I, I get it now. If there was a thunderstorm right now, I'd feel really secure. <laughs> How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, my marriage is going well. I just got everything set up with the insurance for when we go away. Yeah, and you then, just got secretly married. That was... Yeah, was, oh, don't tell nobody. Um, but <laughs> seriously, uh, <laughs> no, but it's going good. I got to get a power of attorney done before we, you know, go away. It's a bunch of stuff, and I only have like two more days to do this. So, yeah, you really, you really waited to the last minute to do everything. Uh, okay. Um, also, uh, I bought a house. <laughs> okay. I bought a house, so a four-bedroom house in North Carolina. Well, you didn't buy it. 
I did. Yeah, me. With your personal money. Well, it's like it's a um, it's a loan. It's not like my personal money. So I you took... didn't buy it. Well, you took yeah, that's loan. no. People do that all the time. It's still theirs. Mm. Like you, that's how you get a house. You get a loan because you don't. I mean, I some mean, people might have like it's seventy like a bank G's house really until you pay it off. I guess technically, but I still own the land. Like I could do what I want on it. I mean, the bank owns the. <laughs> Yeah, but I can still do what I want on it. Anyway, whatever. Don't be happy for me. It's only a four bedroom. Like, jeez. Thanks. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get into the cases. That was just like six minutes of bullshit. All right. Hopefully, we can cut that down and edit. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Well, well, well we, don't, we don't have the editing capabilities. This is all real to real. So. It's all real to real. All right. Uh, so, I'll go first. Yes. Um, so my case is on India Monroe. She was 29, and that's mostly it's mostly about her, okay? But there's also a guy who was involved. His name is Mark Gray. He was 37 years old. Why don't you slow uh, it down? <laughs> talking uh, really fast. Sorry. Uh, okay. So India Monroe, you know, she was 29, and this guy Mark Gray was 37 years old. Well, they were both killed on December 21st, 2016 in Newport News, Virginia. Unfortunately, uh, according to the HRC Human Rights Campaign, Mike reports, Mike Network, that covered that did the coverage of Monroe's death, identified her by the wrong name and gender. You see, she was a transgender woman. She went from a man to a female. Uh, so they get... they. You meant male to female, not man to a female. I said male to a... Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't... I don't want to offend nobody. Okay. So, I apologize. I was trying to be correct there, and I was wrong. But <laughs> you just used the wrong word and conjunction with another an word. Well, it was an accident. It's okay. like, no, it's okay. I don't think you nice. offended anybody. It's just like the wrong verbiage with a conjunction with another word. Okay. It's anyway. like you just said they went from woman to man. No, I mean, no, I messed up. Woman to whatever. You get. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, as a result, she had not been counted among the 20... 21 other known transgender homicide victims of 2016. Local news reports at first identified Monroe as a male. So basically, like every news local news uh, reporters identified Monroe as a male on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's not right. So Monroe's body was found shot in a home along with Mark Gray, also shot. They so basically. These, these two people were probably like hanging out, you know, they came in there, shot him up. Uh, so there was no sign of forced entry in, in, into the home. So basically, it was either they left the doors unlocked and windows unlocked and they just walked in or it was someone they knew. You know? I'm wondering if it was like like a hit. It, it sounds like a hit. You know, like... Yeah, uh... It, was was it, it wasn't like a robbery, was it? Or was it no? Well, nothing. Was, apparently, nothing was taken. It would. They were just shot. So yeah, that sounds like personal. Yeah, I don't know, man. Mark Gray must have had a mysterious past. All right. Um. So, the Tidewater District Medical Examiner said the cause of Monroe's death was multiple gunshot wounds, and they ruled the death a homicide. Law enforcement is investigating the deaths as a domestic incident, not a hate crime. That's what Mike report. Uh, Mike reported. So, 
pretty much they're, th- they're saying this is not because she was transgendered. This was well, because- they don't know that because they don't know who killed them. Well, that's what they're that's what they're speculating. Though they're they're speculating that it was a, a domestic incident. That's all I was saying. I wasn't saying that it wasn't a hate crime. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying on their end, like, they shouldn't classify it as either or because they'd have no idea who who did it. Exactly. So, Monroe was buried under her birth name and made to look male. Her hair had been cut and she wore a suit. They also put gloves where uh, over her hands so they would cover her nails uh, and, you know, to cover is, everything up. Which is fucked up on a family's part. Because, you know, the family is the one who dresses up the body and everything, typically. Yeah. So, and yeah. they know how that, they know how she would want it to be presented, you know. They, yeah, that's just not right. No. So, to do something like that, you must have, because apparently she was, she was already out to her entire family. They must not and, have just approved. Yeah. That was just ridiculous. So, Brittany Marquis, which is one of her friends, uh, said that said this in an interview. I know for a fact Monroe would not want to be buried that way. She would want to be. She wanted to have her nails done, hair done, looking amazing because that's what she liked. She wanted to go out, look in, like Beyonce or Rihanna. Okay. You know, just don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't ever do that again. Ew. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> So, William Bailey, 35, told uh, told Mick, Monroe identified as a woman since at least 2009. Uh, so, basically, this this was in 2016. So, this person's been, you know, classified, classifying herself as a woman this entire time. And that means it could have been, like, anyone before, you know, that time, if it was a hate crime. So... The Virginia Anti-Violence Project is seeking to combat anti-trans violence. Director Stacy Vincetti told Mick, where we are, <laughs> we are working hard in the community to support folks while also continuing to work to prevent this violence from happening in the first place, Vincetti said. Part of the work in a large context is actively working against anti-trans leg- leg- legislation. Sorry, uh, big words trouble me sometimes. Legislation such as the Physical Privacy Act that was introduced in Virginia General Assembly. Legislation like this reinforces the hate and fear that breeds violence against queer and transgender people in Virginia. The delay in identifying Moreau as a transgender woman underscores the fact that transgender transgender murders murder victims are systematically uncounted so there is no no there's no national system tracking whether homicide victims are transgender or not so basically so the advocates rely on media reports to count on how many transgender people are killed each year isn't that messed up it's like imagine like some someone literally has to sit online and search through all these articles to find these things like it's not put in the case itself. I mean, I hope that they're paying well. I hope so too. I hope so too. So I got some numbers here for you. So in 2015, there was a total of 21 homicides of trans in trans in America. Okay. In, in 2016, the deaths of 27 transgender people were reported. So one up by two. One, well, not two. That was way more than two. What up by six? 21 oh. to 27. 
<laughs> wow. I wasn't yeah. good at math in high school. <laughs> Uh, in 2017, I've gets tracked at least 29 deaths of transgender people in the United States. And that States. time it went up by three. By two. What's what? <laughs> by three. <laughs> okay, Wait, no, you said from 27 to 29. Oh, you're right. 29. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Uh, the United States do the fi- fatal violence, the most ever recorded. Uh, in 2018, it went down. Uh, it, it was only 26 transgender people was fatally shot and killed. Um, and that went down by three. That one time 26. went by three. Yeah. But it's good that it's going down, but Always it's still good. bad. But yeah. it's still bad, the numbers at 26. And if you think about Which it... Which is three less than 29. Yes. So and 29 is two more than 27. Okay, so... This is not an exact number of how many people, how many transgender people did die in the United States because there was no, you know, there's no national system tracking whether the homicide victims are transgender and it's only advocates that are looking for them. So there could have been some going on this because they were identified as males and identified as female or female, right? They're getting misgendered. They're getting, yes, exactly. Um, that's pretty much it, but that's, that's insane to think about like the amount of people who are getting misgendered even in their death yeah right but because also with the in the in the case of india monroe and mark gray there was no suspects there was there's no one that got arrested there is nothing like this woman just like vanished into the like the abyss like her case and like there's there's like um i think there's two there's two places that have her her, her, you know, the story, but other than that, like, the police stopped searching, you know? It's just upsetting. I, it's shit. That's some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's shit. Oh, man. So, so, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, do you want to go to break, or do you, you got anything else to say? Yeah, I, no, I'll talk about it afterwards. We're going to break. Let's go to break. If it's still paternity, if it's if it's about your case, maybe we should get it out now. <laughs> it's not about the case, so we're gonna move on. All right, <laughs> let's, let's take it to the break. Boom, boom, boom. Mr. Solo Dolo, please don't bother me. Think you in my spot, my nigga, pardon me. Got a lot in store, that's why these bitches seem to target me. Got a desire to win, I don't aspire to lose. Playing the game, but I don't require no rules. Pete, what I'm trying to do, came out the blue, but wasn't inside in a pool. I wanna inspire the youth, I'm speaking the truth. These other fools lying to you, I think that it's time that I blew. I'm on my GR. Ain't no fucking slowing me, ain't no holding me, no controlling me Right where I'm supposed to be, ice cold, no one is cold as Lee Come grind, come grow with Lee, wanna shine, wanna glow with me Can't help but to notice me, might hit her with some poetry Or sing to her like the show to see And I've been grinding for this for so long And I'm a hustle till the sun comes up I've been riding for this for so long 
To the Palladium Had epiphany about 8am That I ain't really come to fucking play with them no, no. One day I'ma fill a stadium yeah, yeah. One day they gon' fill my soul from this yeah, yeah. One day they gon' fill my words yeah. They gon' fill my spirit from my yeah. tone From the hood to the birth yeah. Since my birth I deserve yeah. everything gon' deserve yeah. And I rock like niggas know that Never hold back, hold that And I black just like Kodak Known facts, got my glow back Yeah, I spoke that to this old cat Sipping cognac Told this as we were sitting in Live Nation what? This here is ours for the taking I ain't talking about no city up in Georgia what? This here is history in the making Two young kings from the below. Grew up watching niggas playing CeeLo. Never had dreams of moving kilos. Shots out my nigga Rio. Cash rules everything around me. I'm a king, man, you might as well crown me. Yo, it's cool if you motherfuckers doubt me. Humble gravity don't ground me. This is us leading back in from the break. We're back. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that song by insert artist name here. <laughs> they are amazing. You literally have to check out their Instagrams. This is crazy. All right. So I'll start. I guess I'll get to my case now. And mine is uh, it's more of bruh is a massacre than a bruh is a murder. <laughs> Oh my god. It also a bit of, bro, it's a history lesson. Because, you know, in our country, we tend to teach strictly white American history as a core curriculum. And everything else either gets delegated to a specific month of the year or an elective. So you miss out on learning from a lot of history that took place in America. So you miss out on things to, you know, learn from, not to do again, how people are treated by the system it's fucking self but <laughs> <laughs> there's some real hostility behind this one <laughs> it makes it this one made me personally fucking angry as shit 
I can like I wish I wish this was the first time that you told it because my reactions were different the first time and yeah. now I know what well, I'm meant to expect. But you didn't hear the entire thing. Okay, you're right, but it still made me upset. Okay, let's go on. Okay. <laughs> so my case is on Black Wall Street. AKA what was officially known as Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not the Oregon Trail, you know, but Oregon Trail does play a part in this. So, the roots of this. Many African Americans moved to Oklahoma in the years before and after 1907, the year Oklahoma became a state, hoping that a majority of black population would build a firewall against, you know, racial degradation, segregation that was put under by Jim Crow's law. Basically kind of making like racism and shit super legal. They were hoping that having a whole state full of just black people would kind of like negate that. Because hey, you can't treat us all like shit when we're all in one space, you know? Oklahoma represented the hope and change for African American people after they became slaves and even though they were still dealing with racism everywhere. They traveled from all over different parts of America just to start over in Oklahoma. You're traveling on wagons, horses, trains, and even on foot just to get there. Many black Americans who traveled to Oklahoma at some point in time have family there too. So like most of the people there at some point in time have family who lived there. So it's, it's kind of like, hey, let's go back to our roots in a little bit. Right. Many of the settlers were relatives of Native Americans who had traveled on foot with the five civil tribes along the Trail of Tears. Others were descendants of people who fled the Native American territories. Many black residents were also from, uh, they come from different like languages and basically all walks of life. There's all different kind of black and brown people who kind of settled in Oklahoma together. Cause you know, a lot of uh, Native Americans and black people kind of like fucked around a bunch. Especially since like when a reservation started popping up, black people would like hide out there. Especially during slavery too. So you had like a lot of race mixing between it too. Cause like, oh hey, they treating y'all like shit. They treating us like shit. Yeah. Wanna like fuck the pain away. <laughs> oh my god. I, last time you did not make it seem like that. And uh, yeah, I didn't I just, make it. I didn't make it as raunchy. Oh my god. I was not expecting that. Like I literally, I was taking a drink of water and I literally had to hold it back from spit doing a spit know, take. I, I just listened to that song Peach uh, by Peaches. Fuck the pain away. <laughs> fuck the pain away. <laughs> um, Peaches is my bitch. <laughs> I love peaches. So, uh, when Tulsa became a booming and rather well-known town in the United States, uh, many people considered Tulsa to be two separate cities rather than one united community. The white residents referred to an area north of Fresh School Rail Tracks as, quote-unquote, Little Africa. Why? Because that's where all the blacks were. <laughs> oh but the God. community later uh, acquired the name Greenwood by 1921. So, and by 1921, it was home to about 10,000 black residents. Mm -hmm. Greenwood was centered on a street at, uh, called Greenwood Avenue. The street was important because it ran north of, it ran north for over a mile from Fresco Rail Yards. And it was one of the few streets that did not cross through both black and white neighborhoods. So it was safer? It was safer, yeah. And the citizens of Greenwood took pride in the fact that they had this area literally to themselves and they didn't have to share with the white community of Tulsa so they didn't have to get harassed and shit all the time exactly uh, 
Greenwood Avenue was home to the Black American Commercial District with many red brick buildings. These buildings belonged to Black Americans and there were thriving businesses, including grocery stores, banks, libraries, and a lot more. Greenwood was the most affluent community for Black people and it became known as Black Wall Street. Now let's get into Black Wall Street itself. During the oil boom of 1910s, the area northeast of Oklahoma around Tulsa flourished, including Greenwood neighborhood, which became known as, quote unquote, the Negro Wall Street, but oh more commonly known as Black Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> the area, <laughs> the area was, <laughs> the area was home to dozens of prominent black businessmen and a variety of thriving black business owners. Uh, it was successful up until the Tulsa race ride, but we'll get there. Not only did black Americans want to contribute to the success of their own shops, but Racial segregation and laws prevented them from actually shopping in white stores, so they shopped at their own stores in Greenwood, which kind of kept the money in the community, kept it circulating, you know. Oh yeah, kept the money in-house. So a law that was made to keep black people down actually helped this black town thrive and build itself up. Uh, Detroit Avenue, along the edge of of Standpipe Hill, connected a number of expensive houses belonging to doctors, lawyers, and business owners. The buildings on Greenwood Avenue housed the offices of almost all of the Tulsa's black lawyers, realtors, doctors, and other professionals. In Tulsa at the time of the riot, there were 15 well-known black physicians, one of whom, Dr. A.C. Jackson, was considered at the time, quote, most able Negro surgeon in America. Oh my god, are you telling me they had Percy Jackson with them? The lightning thief? AC Jackson, you dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were labeled this by the Mayo Brothers. And I don't mean Mayo as in mayonnaise, as in white people. It's actually a nonprofit organization that recognizes... That's racist! <laughs> that recognizes, you know, good doctors and academics and whatnot. Uh, Dr. Jackson, who I am for I'm real. For real. <laughs> Was shot to death and left us out for all. Oh, I didn't know that part. Um, I want to apologize. <laughs> he was shot to death. It's not funny. It's not. He was shot to death and left in his house and died during the unrest. Greenwood published, stop laughing, two newspapers, the Tulsa Star and the Oklahoma Sun, which covered not only Tulsa, but the state and national. Nick Nation. Na- national news and elections so basically they had two really pop did you just mute yourself so you could laugh no <laughs> you're a piece of shit I didn't do anything they had these two <laughs> newspapers the Tulsa Star and Oklahoma Sun that covered like the whole nation's news and they're really good newspapers yeah yeah, and they made a lot of money for the community. But that too was also destroyed in the destruction oh, of Greenwood Riot. Yeah, oh no. My God. That's terrible. <laughs> I really want to visit this place. Like, that'd be really awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go yeah. to Tulsa. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Tulsa. When we get back. Greenwood. Yeah, when we get back. Yeah. Greenwood was a very religious act, was a really religious community. Uh, at the time of the racial violence, there were more than a dozen black American churches and many Christian youth organizations and religious societies, which is kind of funny because, you know, fucking Christians and shit, all rah-rah Jesus, but they come in and burn down a whole town with this shit that's super religious. Um, 
Yeah, that's crazy shit. I digress. In northeastern Oklahoma, as well as the rest of America, the prosperity of minorities emerged amidst racial political tension. The KKK, Ku Klux Klan, aka the Mayo Bitches, made its first appearance <laughs> in Oklahoma shortly before one of the worst racial riots in history. It was estimated that there were about 3,200 and some odd members of the clan there in Tulsa at the time of the riots. So they really came in fucking force. Um, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot more people than you would expect. Yeah, it's a bunch of a bunch of bitches, you know. <laughs> it was like it was like one one person told one person, and that person told three people, and that person told four people. And then someone and then, got the torch, and they said, "Hey, let's go murder a bunch of people." Hey, the clan's here. Let's just blame it on them. Let's do it. Well, not even that. Because <laughs> the fucking... Te- the, we'll get into it. But it wasn't just the, the clan who did this shit. They had a part, okay? They need to be blamed. They need to be blamed. Okay. All right. On. Well, let's jump into one of the... some. We can call him one of the founding fathers of Greenwood. Greenwood's kind of like little Wakanda, you know? Wakanda forever. Wakanda before Wakanda. Uh, around the start of the 20th century, O.W. Gruley, a wealthy black landowner from Arkansas, traversed the United States to participate in the Oklahoma land rush back in 1889. The young op- entrepreneur had just resigned from a presidential appointment under President Grover Cleveland in order to stick it out on his own. So he saw this vision, seen everyone running there and said, hey, fuck it. I'm- hey, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go there. Me. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Oh I got this money. Fuck you, Grover Cleveland, and your weird mustache. Oh, wow, you think you said that? <laughs> no, I'm, edit- I'm editorializing. <laughs> <laughs> in 1906, Gruley moved to Oklahoma, where he purchased 40 acres of land, and he made this land only to be sold to coloreds. So he made it possible for you know black people to come and buy up cheap land from him. Among Gruley's first businesses was a rooming house which was located on a dusty trail near the railroad tracks. This road was given the name Greenwood Avenue, named from a city in Mississippi. The area became very popular among black migrants fleeing the oppression in Mississippi. They would find refuge in Gruley's building as the racial prosecution from the south kind of pushed them up there, and but it kind of stopped there because it didn't exist on Greenwood Avenue. So he kind of made a safe haven for people to come to Greenwood, get established, and then branch out on their own. Basically giving everyone their opportunities to be great and have their right. own shit. Oh yeah. In addition to his rooming house, Gruley built three two-story buildings and five re- residences and bought 80 acres of farm in Rogers County. Gruley also founded what today is known as Vernon AME Church. So after buying a shit ton of land making houses for people he bought even more land and made more houses and businesses for people to take up in right he uh, was but, doing the uh, he was doing the, the godfather thing yeah again I didn't see godfather oh well it's not like that in godfather but he was like he was like you need something I got you like, but is, was it, isn't the godfather more like malicious like he wants something in return I don't think so. If you go meet him on his daughter's wedding day, he kind of has to do it for free. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen The Godfather? Yeah. I've seen that part. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> I don't know. I I like the first one and the third one. I don't like the second one. The second one was trash. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I seen one scene, and that was the uh, the horse head in the bed thing. Oh yeah, that's like everyone knows that though. Yeah, I mean that's the only that's the only scene that matters to me because I was like, uh, look at the horse getting some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go horse. All right, let's get back. Let's get back. Again, Gruley wasn't the only black entrepreneur to help out Greenwood. Uh, a man by the name of J.B. Stetford, uh, he came to Tulsa in 1899. He believed that black people had a better chance of economic progress if they pulled their resources and worked together and supported each other in their businesses. He bought a whole bunch of land and even more buildings and also did the same thing where he would only sell to black people. Again, helping the town prosper and build up. But he... he Now, it was not clear what happened to him uh it was falsely uh, people kept saying he died in the riots but he kind of disappeared mm-hmm. same with Gruley. there's a rumor that said a bob of white people lynched him and buried him outside but no one ever really found a body or a stone or anything and rumors kept floating around that he was seen here and there so both just kind of like drifted into obscurity so, oh man, it's a legend. They, yeah, they could have died in the riots, or they could have just took their money and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go into hiding." <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. School, school. <laughs> now let's get into the actual riots itself, the Tulsa Race Massacre. Okay, the Tulsa Race Massacre occurred late May 31st through June 1st of 1921 during a massacre 35 square blocks of homes and businesses were torched by mobs of angry white people the ransacking began because an alleged assault from a other white op- elevator operator and i'm not sure what an elevator operator is are they like the people who just kind of push the buttons for you i think i don't I, back then yeah i guess or would that be a bellhop no, no, because there's people that actually sit like in the classier ones. They like sit in the in elevator, elevator and ride it up yeah, and down with the white gloves. Yeah, and they push the button. I see. I had that before in AC, and I felt really bad because I like I ripped one really hard. Oh man, <laughs> you're a I terrible thought, person. I thought, I thought they, were gonna, they were gonna get off, but then you stayed there, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> it's like, hey man, here's a twenty dollar bill. I'm sorry. So I'm so sorry, but they had, they had like nice white gloves on too. I appreciate that. That was nice. Um, well, yeah, there was an assault, alleged assault of a 17-year-old elevator operator by the name of Sarah Page, and the person they accused of the assault was a black shoe shiner named Dick Rowland, who was 19. Now, there's no evidence or proof that this actually happened. It's kind of just like, I don't want to say hearsay, but they just point, they pointed, they used this as a conduit. To stop the race riots, and it's not even clear if it actually happened or not. I mean, if there's no way to prove it happened, that's definitely hearsay. Yeah, yeah, hearsay. So, the attack killed hundreds and left an estimated 10,000 people homeless. The city government of Tosa conspired with the mob, arresting more than 6,000 black residents and refusing to provide them with protection or assistance. So, like, and nowadays, if the town yeah. gets burned down, People want to get housing, you know, like simple amenities. Yeah, no. If there's like a, if there's like a fucking fire, um, the Red Cross will come in. <laughs> yeah, if there's like people all torching and doing houses, first of all, the National Guard will be there and they're gonna do nothing. And then yeah. <laughs> the police, 
will definitely be on the their side not in like this case since I, yeah when the sure. local police said everything was part of the clan's mob yes so, so it is so much different yeah law enforcement officials use airplanes to drop fire bombs on buildings and homes and fleeing families stating that they were protecting the white people against the quote-unquote negro uprising oh my god so the police are there to protect and serve took to the air in aeroplanes and dropped firebombs on fleeing families. So wait, you're telling me these police officers had airplanes? I, see, in my head, I'm thinking because it was Oklahoma, there's a whole bunch of farming land. Yeah, the, do, the, de, the dust crops. Yeah, they probably yeah. got in all the dust crop Dust croppers? Crop yeah, dusters? Crop dusters, that's it. <laughs> yeah. They got in the crop dusters and they're sort of like chucking firebombs down on buildings and people and shit. That is... That's fucking scary. And on, you, and you on, tell... on, on fleeing families. So families yeah. running away from the mobs and murder, they're chucking firebombs at them. They were like, you're not getting away today. No. Oh the the massacre was omitted from state and local records and rarely mentioned in history, both classrooms and even in private. So they got after, away with it. Yeah, so after they massacred, after the state massacred an entire town, or tried to, they tried to wipe it away from history. All together. We found you. We found you, little dirty <laughs> Got, motherfuckers. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> uh, the community mobilized resources and rebuilt Greenwood area within five years after the Tulsa riot. So, again, everyone got back together, rebuilt it, and the neighborhood was a hotbed for jazz and blues in the 1920s. Because, you know, it's good to sing about your feelings after <laughs> you watch your family... <laughs> The blues is the blues. There's nothing you can do about that. The blues is the blues. When you got the blues, you got, got the blues. blues. Yeah. yeah. As one would. Yeah, as one as one would. <laughs> During the Great Depression, however, the area became known for bison crime. But that's nothing new. And most like places around the Great Depression, when people get poor, they get desperate. Shit happens. And yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not good, but what are you I'm, gonna do? I'm gonna be honest with you. And this is like, I would never hurt someone, but if someone dropped a fireball on my family and burned down my house, I'm robbing some people. Like, oh, I'm yeah, broke. I might, I might go into like a real fucking attitude after that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna be broke, hungry, possibly homeless. And then you see the other people on the other side of town just walking around like nothing happened. Like, the yeah, day I might, after I might, the purse. yeah, I might like snatch a purse. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like the day after the purge after that, right? Like you basically, know they yeah, did. No. It. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically it was like the day after the purge. Like you, you can see they're right that they're literally like right down the street. Exactly. You can see the motherfucker who like set your house on fire. I just might go like and punch him in the fucking face and take his wallet. Exactly. Like this is some bullshit. They had the national purge day. Like that's some crazy shit. Uh, the neighborhood fell prey to economic and po- uh, population drain in the 1960s. Basically, people were leaving. Uh, and much of the area was leveled during the uh, urban renewal in the 1970s to make way for highway loops and a downtown district. Several blocks under the intersection of Greenwood Avenue and Arch Street were saved from demolition. Are you okay? What's up? Yeah, I'm good. I think you like sneeze or something. I did. I muted it and then like blew my nose. But bless you. Thank you. Several blocks. <laughs> were uh, around the intersection of Greenwood and Art Street were saved from, from demolition and had been restored in recent years 
forming a part of Greenwood Historical District. So over the years from the 90s and 2000s, uh, tour, uh, there, have been, there have been memorials and museums built. Tourism has been up. Uh, okay. okay. They also recently built a stadium there for the Tulsa Dillers. It's like a baseball team, minor league, to help bring, you know, just more activity and stuff back into Greenwood to just bring some money in there and they want to fund it and get a bigger and better museum so people can always remember what happened to this town and not let it drop away in obscurity now i I do have a question is the crime rate still bad there though like is it is it still bad in greenwood itself right now yeah greenwood district no because there's barely anyone there Mm, okay there's not that many people there to have crimes so like if there's like anybody who originally stayed there and then like the schools are mixed now, right? So do you ever think there's just like some side eye going on after they learn the history? Like is that you think it's in their history books that that happened? Honestly, they, people I people have to know. People have I, to I'm know. pretty sure people would know, but again, the history books come from the state. Mm, okay. So I mean, you still learn stuff in history class about your town like when I went Oh to yeah, school, no no, yeah. they can still they can still teach it themselves, but yeah. You know. It's not going to be in the history books that they get sent to all the schools because it's probably admitted out of it. Because there's shit that happened in Jersey that isn't in Jersey history books. There's a lot of shit that happened in Jersey that's not in the history books. Yeah, I was looking some of that stuff up. Mm-mm. It depends on what's, what they put in there. And yeah. they, apparently they don't put the Tulsa race ride in there. <laughs> Maybe because they're still kind of embarrassed about it. Yeah, it's like that was my great 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 grandfather. Uh, let's let's forget about him. Let's just forget about that. Yeah, it didn't happen. Mm, didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. Yeah. No, I don't know. Is that you in that picture? No, that's not, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, is that you in that picture from 1921? <laughs> that's not me. It's I'm, like I'm a time traveler. That's not me. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why is your voice getting higher? <laughs> uh, uh so you got anything else for us? Uh, uh mm. no, I don't. That's just about everything. There's the Greenwood Cultural Center that came up in 1995, and Ooh, what about the thing you told that last time? That was the um online they can donate to the place. Oh yeah, no, no, no. If you uh if you look up the Greenwood Cultural Center or the Joe Hope Franklin Recreational Park. Both of those places take, you know, donations. So yeah. if you want to help those things build and stay funded, because you know we still in America, we also don't fund a lot of things when it comes to art and shit like that. They don't get a lot of funding. So mm-hmm. if you want to help out, send a dollar or two. Do that, fam. Yeah. But that's all so, I got on you on the Tulsa race ride. So right before we quickly uh, we uh, wrap up. Um, you know, I was looking about all these other podcasts and stuff, and like I came across this one, and they was like they were going through their reviews, and they were going through them, and you know they were reading them, and like this guy was like super happy about the reviews, and you know I was liking all the pictures and stuff, and I can't wait to you know get some reviews of our own to go through them, cause honestly it's all about you guys about these cases and stuff. We do this to shed light on these people's cases but we also do it so you guys can listen and enjoy that was really cute yeah yeah what it's not, it's not cute it's supposed to what leave me alone that was really cute i appreciate yeah. that yeah so okay uh, anything else you want to add 
we do. Well, we're now on Spotify, and what's the other one? We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Stitcher. We're yeah. on Google Play. Uh, Got that SoundCloud. We're always SoundCloud, on that. The iTunes. Yeah, little creepy. Check that out. That's on YouTube. Uh, CCPods.net, obviously. Color Comedy Network. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got a new show coming on soon. Um, Check out the artists and their stuff. Always look out for our creepy pastas. Keep your ear out for a mini sode about an update coming soon. I have something. Um. Oh. Don't forget that these people that we put in this, this, um, these, you know, episodes, the musical artists that they're up and coming. So don't forget to go check them out. If you like them, you know, they put their heart and souls into these music they do. And they're just really nice. You know? Yeah. Show them some love. Yeah, Give them a stream of love. Show. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all I have. Oh, yeah, I do want, I, I do want to shout out weighted blankets. Everyone should have a weighted blanket. Wedded blanket number one in the world. Yep. Yeah. That's it for me. That's it for me. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Where inclusivity matters.